Hello and welcome to Community Forum. My name is Art Leal and thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast, where we are continuing to bring you news, information, commentary, and interviews on issues and topics that are relevant to our community, and always keeping to our goal of keeping you informed. Since we are not a live broadcast, we encourage our listeners to continue the conversation using our Facebook plugin on the episode homepage. There you can share and communicate with other users about the current episode. We hope you found us on iTunes. If not, make sure to follow the link to subscribe with your Apple device and download the latest show when it's available. And to make sure you know when the next episode is available, sign up for email subscription and you will always be the first to hear the latest. Community Forum is a weekly podcast. In a short time, we will have a podcast lineup in advance to give you the opportunity to submit questions online for any of our guests prior to their interview, allowing you, our listener, to get even more involved in the conversation. We hope you enjoy this podcast, and please remember to share with your friends and give us a Facebook like on the episode homepage. We have a great discussion for you today, and we'll be right back. With immigration reform still being a very hot topic of discussion in today's media, last month, President Obama took executive privilege and changed DHS policy on deportations of children brought to the United States at a very young age. This was a welcome announcement among many, but with thousands of applicants and millions who qualify, there are still some questions. Plus, these types of action always comes with people trying to exploit unsuspecting youth out of their hard-earned money. The country continues to be divided on comprehensive immigration reform. So the question seems to be, will we ever see anything done about it? The election is looming and many feel the recent changes could disappear altogether if Romney wins. But there is still hope. We were honored to catch up with immigration attorney and Huffington Post contributor and past president of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, David Leopold. Welcome, Mr. Leopold. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. Uh, for our listeners, can you give us some background on, on yourself? Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is David Leopold. I am the, I'm an immigration attorney based out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and I am the um, general counsel for the American Immigration Lawyers Association based in Washington, D.C., and also its past national president. I do practice immigration law and uh, been, been doing a lot of talking uh, around the country on DACA. That's the Deferred Action Program. Very, very impressive. Thank you. It's certainly an honor to have this opportunity to have this discussion with you today. Um, Mr. Leopold, there's been some policy changes uh, in deportation last month, and for those who, who may not know what that is, can you tell us what DACA is and who it affects? Sure. Um, what DACA is, is a, it stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and it is a process that applies to um, people who came to the United States uh, before the age of uh, before the age of, of sixteen, who have been here for at least five years, who have never been convicted of uh, a serious offense like a felony or multiple um, lesser offenses or significant misdemeanors, um, and people who can prove that they were in the country. Uh, and what it is, it is a um, a process by which deportation action against 
somebody who qualifies for DACA will not be taken for at least two years. And during that period of time, if they're approved, they, they can they can uh, uh, they can show and they can show eligibility for uh, for employment authorization through economic need. They may be able to get a work permit. And uh, uh, why do you think this change came about? Why is the administration doing this now? Well, it's one more step in a variety of steps that have been in place since the Obama administration came into office. On the one hand, they've been very strict on enforcement. They have focused on employers that are hiring uh, undocumented workers, and they have uh, they have deported actually more people than any administration before it. Uh, their focus uh, has been on criminals, people who have been convicted of, of crimes, uh, violent criminals, drug dealers, national security risks. So what they're trying to do is focus their resources and their energy on getting rid of the bad guys. So we have a lot of undocumented people who are not bad guys. We have a lot of undocumented people in the United States, millions of undocumented people in the United States who are just trying to feed their families and make a better life. And among them are children who arrived with their parents and have been here for a long time. So what the president is saying is, you know, I understand that the law is not does not allow them to stay here. But I'm going to enforce the law, and I'm going to focus on I'm going to focus on violent criminals and national security risks. In the meantime, I'm going to cut these kids' break, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to remove them, and I'm going to let them work if they can show economic need, uh, and I'm going to take our resources, and I'm going to try to keep the country safe. That's really what, what's going on. I know we've had lots of questions. Uh, being the chairman of uh, of an organization, Una Voz Unida, here in here in Odessa, we we've received uh, quite a bit of questions uh, regarding uh, regarding DACA, and so this is going to be very helpful for 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 that reason. One of the things that has come up what what is uh, 2007? Uh, that date comes up uh, a lot and is asked. What's the significance of 2007? Another uh, another question is, of course, the application is only in English. Uh, does uh, does the USCIS plan on uh, making this application available in Spanish in the future? No, the applications are all applications are in English. I see. Do you? And I should say that evidence has to be submitted in English as well. I see. Uh, and is there? I guess. This is a kind of a, a general question. Do you think it has anything to do with the significance of that most of the applicants would probably be, would either speak English or have graduated high school or be in college? No, no, I don't think there's any correlation. All, all immigration applications are in English, without exception. Now, what are, what are some of the challenges that you've been seeing that, are, uh, that people are facing right now with, uh, with this application process? not an easy process. The, 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 the rules say that the applicants must prove all of those points. 
nobody's going to, the government is not going to take anything for granted. So I think these applications are a lot harder than most people expected. Uh, there's also some, you know, thorny or complicated legal questions that go along with it. Questions about social security numbers, questions about, um, about travel, questions about ITN numbers, and so on and so forth. And uh, so I think people who are applying are learning that, number one, it's important to ask responsible experts for questions. And the only people that should be uh, offering any kind of advice on this are, are lawyers attorneys, people who are licensed to practice law, and particularly attorneys who have a background in immigration, because immigration is a very specialized field of law. So that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges. Uh, I think uh, this is a very interesting group of people that are applying because most of these applicants are culturally American. They may not have the documents, but they're as American as you and I. So uh, they have a sense of, of, of what to look out for, much more so than perhaps their parents do, uh, because they're part of the U.S. culture. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they, they are, they are um, the target of predators, of people who just want to score money off them, and they need to use their, their common sense. Uh, so that's the biggest challenge. Uh, I think um, making sure that the applications are done correctly making sure that the applications are submitted in an organized fashion so that the USCIS can adjudicate them and uh, making sure that they're done uh, correctly and right. Now, some some organizations, especially in our area here in Texas, West Texas, have uh, they've been hesitant to offer translating help because of liability and also with the application itself. Are there certifications that individuals or organizations uh, have to have uh, to be able to do this for, for applicants? Other than just well, a being attorney? A translator really just has to certify that he or she is fluent in English and in whatever the foreign language is, be it Spanish or or Chinese or whatever the foreign language is. Um, so that's really um, how that works. There's no requirement that somebody have an official certification as a translator. And this is kind of like on the political side of this. Uh, many, pe- many people will attempt to politicize this. Um, and, and just for those who, who do, is, is this any form of amnesty or a path to citizenship? No. Okay. Very quick answer. This Thank is not you. amnesty. This does not give anybody anything that they didn't have before, really. Uh, it does not give a visa. It does not give a pathway to citizenship. It, it does not even give uh, long-term lawful status. It merely is the deferral, uh, a reprieve from in, in immigration enforcement uh, in the civil context, meaning mm-hmm. that for the next two years, DACA, DACA uh, applicants, people who are granted DACA, will not have to worry about the knock on the door. Now, it was recently announced, I, I read this this, uh, this morning, that the first round of approvals has already gone through, that uh, USCIS received 72,000 applications. Uh, do, you consider, do you consider that number low uh, versus the number of eligible uh, who are able to apply for this? Of course it's, it's, it's low. Uh, the estimates were anywhere from 800,000 to 1.2 million people. Now, you have to factor out a lot of people who may not qualify uh, for a variety of reasons, but, uh, you know, I think we're talking in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, why so? Why Why have only 72,000 applied? Well, like I said before, these, 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 this, this um, wave of immigrants are Americans. These are Americans without papers who are applying, and they think uh, like Americans. So if I look at my own son, who was born and raised in the United States, you know, 
I know how he operates. He, he waits till the last minute before he starts putting things together. And when he does put things together, he's pretty discerning. And he, you know, he asks a lot of questions. So I think that's what you got here. I think you have a lot of people who kind of waited till this thing was put into place. And now that it's put into place, they're waiting around to see how it develops and then they'll submit their applications. I think what you will see is, a, is an uptick in the applications over the next couple months. And I do think that uh, if the president is reelected, you'll probably see more applications coming in. And that kind of leads into my what my next question was going to be is is what do you, what would what would you what would happen let's say hypothetically if uh, President Obama wasn't elected do you think the new administration would reverse this? Well, I suppose you have to ask Mitt Romney, and I think people have asked Mitt Romney that question, but like uh, he's refused to answer it, mm-hmm. um, and that should tell you something right there. Uh, do I think that he would reverse it? I think it's possible. Uh, Romney has uh, has associated with some of the some of the most radical anti-immigrant uh, people in the country uh, while running for president, and uh, that's a dangerous sign. Now that said, um, politically, it, would he do it? Can he do it? Frankly, I think it would be political suicide uh, for for Romney to reverse this. I think what the president has done in putting deferred action in place is he has shifted the way people think about immigrants. And I think he has legitimized the idea of making people legitimate. So I think Romney would be taking a huge step back uh, if he were to pull this program. Now, that said, I think people have to understand that even under the current administration, um, filing a DACA application, putting yourself out there, has its risks. Uh, So I would underscore that it is really important for anybody who's considering applying for DACA, deferred action, that they that they speak to an attorney at least some somewhere along this process. Uh, ideally, have an attorney prepared for that. But if they can't afford that, then at least at some point speak to an attorney. Go to a forum. Go to a um, a, a pro bono clinic. Something. Uh, it's not in my opinion. I, I don't think anyone should file their application without at least having some advice of counsel. Now, comprehensive immigration reform, always a hot topic in elections. Uh, do you think we're moving in the right direction, and is it is it achievable? Of course it's achievable. Um, it's the right thing to do, so the right thing to do is always achievable. The question is, when is it achievable? And I think uh, uh, most of America wants immigration reform. I mean, all the polls tell us the same thing. Uh, Americans, by and large, want to solve this problem and include a pathway to citizenship for undocumented people. And the studies tell us that uh, as far as the economy goes, that's the right thing to do. And we're talking about billions and billions uh, in gross domestic product and taxes and so on and so forth if we were to legitimize or, or find a pathway to citizenship. So it is the right thing to do. It makes economic sense for the country. Um, the question is, politically, is it possible? And that's going to depend on uh, the makeup of the House of Representatives in Washington and the U.S. Senate. Uh, you know, number one. And number two, it's also going to depend on whether the Republican Party, which has been up to now nasty on immigration, just vehemently anti-immigrant, and has, has put roadblocks in the way of every conceivable immigration immigration benefit or immigration uh, solution, I should say. Uh, they were the ones who stood in front of the DREAM Act and stopped the DREAM Act in 2010. They were the ones who exploded comprehensive immigration reform in 2009. 
2007 when it was pushed by their own president, George Bush. So the Republican Party needs to um, get its head on straight on this issue, number one. Uh, and, and, and they don't have to agree with the Democrats, so they don't have to agree, uh, but they need to compromise and they need to work with what's best for the United States. So it's possible. I think it's going to depend on the reasonableness of the politicians in Washington and whether they get serious about fixing the immigration system or they just want to continue to bicker and fight about it to the, to the um, detriment of the American people. Thank you, Mr. Leopold. And thank you very much for taking this time. I know you're a busy man, and I appreciate you taking the time for, uh, giving us for this podcast. And uh, we appreciate you and everything that you do. And um, keep My up pleasure. the good work. Thank keep you up for the good work. Me. Oh, no problem at all. And and I'm sure we'll. I'm sure if we have questions, I'm sure we'll we'll give you a call or send you a message. That's fine. I look forward to that. Continue the conversation on this episode's homepage. You can follow Mr. Leopold on Facebook, B L E O P O L D, and on Twitter at David Leopold. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember to find us on iTunes and save on your Apple device. You can also find us on Twitter at CFOTX and on Facebook, Community Forum Odessa TX. Thank you for listening.